How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine, music, food, all the good stuff. Right here. <laughs> exactly. You find new episodes almost every Tuesday, unless you looked last Tuesday. We won't. Oops. You didn't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wherever fine podcasts are offered, Apple Music, uh, the Google Play Store, TuneIn, Stitcher, all the places. Uh, on social media, at Rock and Vino, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like and subscribe, and then the episodes will come to you, and you don't have to look for them, and they're, they're all good stuff. It's, <laughs> it's all good stuff. And so. it's so easy, and then you just hit that five-star button and like us, exactly. and then it's really good. <laughs> exactly. Now, very excited to have our guest tonight, one of... The most interesting people in wine country. Oh one, one of the, <laughs> the one of the faces of Sonoma County. Uh, uh, Joy Sterling of uh, Iron Horse Vineyards. Thank well, you so much for coming in. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be here. Number one, just to be rocking is <laughs> very thrilling for me. The wine part, I'm always up for. <laughs> oh yeah, we love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now uh, you came you came into the wine world late. Uh, you, it wasn't, uh, I mean, you, you started a very different career from wine. Where, where did, uh, where did your journey start? Um, well, I am on my, well, depending on how you count to second or third chapter. Um, so one chapter when I first got out of college was being a journalist and I spent 10 years in the news world and absolutely Loved it. I thought the sun rose and set on the evening news. And I ended up celebrating my 10th anniversary by quitting. Wow. Yes. It (laughs) was very dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and joined the winery. Uh, And that was in 1985. Wow. I know. So that's incredible. So I've been in the news, first in the news world, then uh, with the winery uh, all this time, and I still am loving every minute of being at the winery. And I also, my third chapter is that I'm also now, I've become a um, political activist. Lovely. So that's my third chapter uh, thus far. Involved in, in so many great causes you're working on. Yeah. Now, in, in moving from news to wine, was there something about wine that called your name? How did, how did, the, did you go straight from one to the other? I went straight from one to the other. The, um, I am just the luckiest person walking. <laughs> and um, I was in the unbelievable, enviable position of being able to choose between heaven and hell. And amazingly, heaven won, and it doesn't always work out that way, but in this case it did, and Iron Horse is my family's winery. Oh, lovely. So I waltzed in, They, my parents had been there since 1976, so by the time I got there, it was sort of like showing up in the kitchen on Thanksgiving <laughs> when everything is done and saying, oh, can I help? (laughs) I I may have done that before, actually. (laughs) So that is is sort of how I showed up. It was like, hi, here I am. I'm so excited to do this. And and, uh, took up, uh, at that time, sales, marketing, and PR. And I traveled around the country um, showing our wares. I was 
selling our wine. And it was the most amazing thing going around. You'd literally go around with a, a bag of wine and you go into restaurants and you present the wines and talk about the wines and sell them. And so you got um, into a pretty big place, uh, the White House. How did that happen? Amazingly, the first year I joined the winery, 1985, and I have to say that it just fell into our laps. Wow. The then unpaid, unsung wine advisor to the Reagans, who were in the White House at the time, the summit meetings with Mikhail Gorbachev were coming up, just huge. An opportunity, well, it was... um, all about world peace. Mm-hmm. And he, this uh, retailer from Sacramento, uh, David, um, recommended Iron Horse. Mm-hmm. And it was just the most amazing thing that he picked our wines because, and we were brand new. The uh, vintage that was served was a 1983 Blanc de Blanc, and mm-hmm. our first vintage of Bubbles was 1980. So, this just changed our lives, and we're now on our sixth consecutive presidential administration to serve Iron Horse. Oh, how fantastic. Wow. So it's 35 years of history, but it just shows you that once you let me in the door, <laughs> you are stuck. I am I'm going to stay with you, um, but I love it because it's completely ecumenical. We've got Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, lovely. How do you? How does an order from the White House come? Does <laughs> it? Does Secret Service show up and say, "Hey, we we need, we need some bubbly." <laughs> well, the fir- in the first time for the summit meetings, it was really dramatic and exciting, and uh, uh, the wine had to be shipped in an unmarked box to Andrews Air Force Base, wow. and I mean it was. And we were told that every member of cabinet had to sign off on it, which wow. is really, wow. well, and all of the historians agree that the two superpowers were simply poles apart until that moment when they were clinking glasses with Iron Horse. And so, as you can imagine, we just take complete credit for ending the Cold War. <laughs> Good job. We did it. Yay, us. <laughs> Ted Turner thinks he did it, but no, <laughs> no it, was it was Iron, Iron Horse, Horse. <laughs> definitely. And, and no, go uh, ahead. Uh, do you get the oper- for any of these events where Iron Horse is pouring? Do, uh, do you ever get the chance to go and explain the wines or talk through them, or does anything like that ever ever work? I into have it? I have had the opportunity to go to a State Department lunch for the then Vice President of China. Wow! For and it was Valentine's Day. Uh, and also very close to Chinese New Year's, and the um, and Ming Tsai was the chef for the lunch. So it mm. was, and it was in the uh, Benjamin Franklin dining room, where by the by they do not serve red wine because they don't want to get the carpets oh. ruined. <laughs> Smart. Um, and the uh, Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. Uh, Joe Biden was Vice President. And whenever I look at the photograph on our office wall of the three of them toasting with Iron Horse, I see these thought bubbles above their heads where for the vice president of China, he knows he's going to be president by their system the following March, and that's what happened. But over Hillary Clinton's head and over (laughs) Joe Biden's head, 
I imagine these thought bubbles. Of, I wonder if I'll be president one day. <laughs> and uh, and um, so it's kind of a, an amazing, um, it was incredible to see it up front and in person. Like everything else in life, mm-hmm. you can see it in the news, you can see it in photographs, um, you can hear about it. But when you're there, it's just so completely different. The, the immediacy of it uh, is thrilling. Very cool. Well, you did bring some wine to well, share with us. You bet. I mean, I mean, I don't. I try to go <laughs> everywhere with wine. I find you meet and make friends so much more easily. It's really fun. And I'm about to open a bottle of Iron Horse Winters Cuvée. We are Perfect. such marketing geniuses that we have a Winters Cuvée. We have a spring rosé. Yeah. We have a summer's cuvee, and we have a harvest moon. Oh. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have a Tuesday cuvee. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! 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 There it is. Gotta love that. (laughs) Now, you know, it's not supposed to do that. If a professional Uh sommelier, it's supposed to just be a sigh. Mm -hmm. But I love the pop, and... um, I used to say that it was my favorite sound, and a friend of mine changed my my life entirely by telling me to tell people that, no, it's it's my second favorite sound. <laughs> <laughs> now, with sparkling wines, I mean, we're in such a time of year for sparkling wines. I mean, whether it's celebrations or holidays, um, huge for New Year. Is there a way uh, to... Uh, a way to think about sparkling wines, either with meals or, or you know, what, what things you should Whoop. be looking for, <laughs> what things you should be looking for uh, in choosing a sparkling wine? Well, first of all, sparkling wine is amazing because it goes with absolutely everything. Um, and number uh, one, while it is a perfect celebration beverage, it doesn't have to be, a, it makes anything a celebration mm-hmm. you know like when you walk into a restaurant and the and the your server says you know are you celebrating something today and you say well of course we are <laughs> <laughs> you know if, yes we do that it what we celebrate all the time until further notice let me just tell you celebrate everything absolutely Life is just <laughs> short and unpredictable you don't know and i think that Bubbles are, without doubt, the uh, drink of optimists. Oh, yeah. And so you, um, this is, every time you open a bottle of bubbles, this is your choice of whether the glass is half full or not. And that, so that's just the way, and I feel you should have two bottles of bubbly chilling in your refrigerator at all times because you never know when something good is going to happen and you don't want to be caught flat-footed. You want to be ready. So I am definitely a proponent of that. And the great thing is that there are so many different flavors of sparkling wines, which is what allows them to be so versatile with food. Mm-hmm. Um, the bubbles in and of themselves make food pairing so easy. Number one, anything salty, mm-hmm. potato chips. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Potato chips, fries. Fries mm. and bubbles. Oh my God. Speaking that is my language. <laughs> totally. Popcorn. Yum. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, you don't have to go crazy. Walnuts this time of year. Oh, okay. Walnuts, fresh 
uh, crop, new crop walnuts, and winter's cuvee is just going to be a dream. So, the, so here's the thing: you don't even have to cook with bubbles, and you don't even need. And opening it, you don't even need a bottle opener. It's like this is easy. It's pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely easy. Well, cheers, you guys. Yes, cheers. cheers. Now that's a pretty sound. Ding, ding. <laughs> no, you uh, you grew up in Paris. Uh, growing up in France was that. Uh, kind of an introduction for you to the world of sparkling wine, or did that um, for you and your family? It was my introduction to pretty much everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll say that. I was uh, 13 when we moved, so I was ready to be introduced. And um, But as a family, it definitely was the beginning of us coming to Iron Horse. Mm-hmm. And we would travel around the various, as a um, little nuclear family, we'd travel around the wine regions um, and increasingly, uh, my parents just felt very clearly that they were chateau owners that had been sh- switched at birth. It was very <laughs> <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it was obviously, and um, and so they began searching for a. They just really wanted to jump right in, and they started looking in France force of circumstances brought everybody home to California and they found Iron Horse in a driving rainstorm in 1976. And it was the confluence of everything we learned in France about quality, about finesse, about balance, um, and mainly love of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. And my mother's knowledge as a San Franciscan who grew up spending her summers in um, on the Russian River. Oh, fun. First time she wore lipstick was at a dance in Monterio. Wow. So she, very, she was very familiar with the climate. And so those two inputs, just knowing the climate, knowing what Chardonnay and Pinot Noir loves, and it was like, oh, no-brainer. Except if you were standing with them... You would have turned to them and said, what are you, out of your mind? <laughs> because the the vineyards were distressed. They hadn't been taken care of in, uh, for a while. There was no winery. There was no road. Well, there still isn't a road. Yeah. But <laughs> a oh, well. Road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, and the, the house, the original Victorian that my parents live in, um, was literally listing on a foundation of 19th century beer cans. Oh my oh, goodness! Wow. Wow. So vision <laughs> is clearly what was working here because uh-huh. it was to anybody else's eyes just um, too too much to take on. And even the UC Davis Agricultural Extension agents told them, "Don't don't be crazy. Go east. <laughs> this is too cold. You're going to lose a third of your uh, crop to frost." And um, just grow, go, just go grow Cabernet like everyone else, please. But vision. It's a good thing they didn't listen. Good thing. Yeah, and it's a beautiful space. It's a beautiful property. And so for those that maybe don't know where they're located, can you tell us kind of exactly where Iron Horse is situated in Sonoma County? We're in, we pertain to the town of Sebastopol. Mm-hmm. You, no one drives by us. This is a, we are a destination. Um, 
and we are by appointment. So that's great because okay. then you can get directions. Beautiful. Um, but it's we're off of uh, Highway 116 between Sebastopol and Forestville on Ross Station Road, which has a left-hand turn lane. And you go, and then you go back to the point of feeling completely and mm-hmm. utterly lost on a one-lane road. And then there's a sign that says no exit. Wow. And just, right. It, and and nowhere is there anything that says keep going or iron horse or uh-huh. anything. Yeah. So we just leave you to your own devices. Even still. Even still. How and funny. then you crest the hill, and suddenly the view opens up, and it is Camelot. Uh, heaven. Rolling hills covered in vine with this backdrop of um, redwoods. And it's magical. And you feel the magic of the place. And that mm-hmm. is what is in our bottles of wine. Absolutely. It is. We are just so incredibly lucky to get to be the stewards of this place in our lifetime. It is bigger than us. It is just you, you feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that you feel is the incredible love of the land mm-hmm. that we have. And you, and you cannot beat the view because you go up the hill and uh, you cross Green Valley Creek, which <laughs> in the winter, f- fair warning, becomes uh, a muddy, mighty torrent. <laughs> and um, so sometimes we're just not open. Mm. But then you climb the hill and to the winery, and the view, you look all the way across Sonoma County to Mount St. Helena. Ooh. The, it's astonishing. And mm-hmm. you and um, when the next storm comes, we'll see again um, the snow on the, on the mountains. It's oh, just how fun. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. And it's just, I don't know how it is that we have that view because it's not high Mm -hmm. up and we're only 13 miles from the coast as the crow flies. So it's really, it's worth it. It is Instagram heaven. (laughs) There you go for all you influencers. (laughs) Get out to Iron Horse. (laughs) Hashtag. It it very much feels like sort of Sonoma County's best kept secret in a way as you're going out there because it's just a dense forest for a little bit and you said it's sort of the unpaved road and then suddenly you just come out to this view and you realize you're there there's no mistake there's no mistaking it and it's but it is a little bit of a safari and uh so you want to it's for the adventuresome and um and by the time you get there you really deserve a sip of wine (laughs) (laughs) absolutely it's it's all worth it it is definitely definitely now don't you guys um Maybe it's not year-round, but do, do something with oysters on the weekends as well? It is not year-round, but April through October, Okay, we have Oyster Sundays. Oh, fun. And the Oyster Girls. Do you know the Oyster Girls? Oh, yeah. They're amazing. They are amazing. You know, they're two sisters that founded this company, and now they have... Um, Oyster boys working for the oyster girls. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, they're an equal opportunity, uh, and they <laughs> they come um, with hundreds, four hundred oysters, mm. and shock oysters from noon until they run out. Wow! Every wow. Sunday, and it is so oh, well th- April through October because if it's going to rain, then I can't. 
that's a lot of oysters to eat if <laughs> we sure don't is. have any visitors. <laughs> so we have to. <laughs> we Some have people to, would be happy with that problem. <laughs> well, that's a lot. That yeah, is, that is a lot. That oh, I yeah. am very good on oysters. I It's hard to get me to stop, but that is, that's quite a few. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's, now there is a great pairing. Oysters and sparkling. Bubbly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although they also make a um, barbecued uh, oysters oh. with sort of a, a red, hot, uh, somewhat spicy sauce. Uh-huh. And it is unbelievable with Pinot Noir, which you would not think. It's like oh. a, a, a red sauce with a jalapeno in it. Yum. With it. Yeah. It's quite, quite great. And they serve that on Sundays as well, or is it? Oh no, they serve. They offer all of that. They even wow. have uh, okay. cooked shrimp now, and a caviar tasting. Oh, so they're expanding. They, Look it at is. That. There is quite the offering. It is okay. really amazing, and it, there, it's there's a selection of oysters too. Oh, so lovely. it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really really fun. Now, on top of everything we've already talked about, you're also quite the traveler, Yeah, uh, including a, uh, a hike up uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. How did that happen? <laughs> when did that, was that a dream or was that? <laughs> no, that did, that did happen, but it's now been a little while. I have to, I have to confess. Um, but it was probably the most amazing, uh, one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And it's the one that really convinced me that, yes, you can do anything if you take it one step at a time. And that is exactly what happened. I had a complete meltdown when we started, which was really embarrassing because I was wearing a baseball cap that said, no fear. Hmm. And suddenly when the Toyotas turned around and left, and it was like, okay, now you're going up this mountain. I just thought, I, I can't do it. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And uh, one of the guides uh, talked me into doing it. Um, in Swahili, they say poli poli, which means slowly, slowly. Mm. And he says, you just put one foot in front of the other. And then when we summited, mm-hmm. even at that time, I was still in disbelief. But it has convinced me that even when you're looking at something that you say, ah, there's no way, you just take that first step. Very cool. How long did it take you to, to complete that? Um, we went the slow, circuitous route, which was, uh, there's something called the Coca-Cola route, which is just straight up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You just go at midnight with headlamps, and it's like, well, what is the point of that? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That's just to say you did it. Mm-hmm. So this, you go all the way ra- around, and it's it's uh, some of it is is a little sad, in the sense that I mean this is you know the snows of Kilimanjaro, and there aren't any animals there anymore, hmm. poached long since, hmm. and um, and then and there uh, is very little snow even when I saw it. So I don't know what it looks like today. Okay. Um, so it, that's another big big lesson, which is you've got to go see these things mm. when you can. That's very true. Yeah, just that's a good go. point. So in that regard, my next trip, rather than talking about past trips, my next trip I'm really excited about. We're going to Paris. You know the artist Cristo? Mm-hmm. So he did the running fence here in mm. Sonoma County. Well, he's going to wrap the Arc de Triomphe wow. Oh, wow. in blue. Very cool. In September. <laughs> Very cool. For two weeks. So you're going to go to that? You bet. Wow. <laughs> well, it's not going to be there. 
right ever again <laughs> mm-hmm. and um and i and it just so that's a, just a perfect exciting experience lovely and you'll bring some iron horse with you i'm assuming <laughs> maybe okay. <laughs> it seems like, like a reason a good, to celebrate exactly so. definitely exactly definitely definitely no, among some other travels, uh, Uganda, China, Tibet, so many different places you've been. Is there a, a region of the world that's your favorite, or is each experience unto itself? Oh, I love Africa. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have my passport if you want to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am ready anytime. Yeah. And two years ago, uh, we went to Uganda to the, this is amazing, the impenetrable forest. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to go there? Absolutely. Right. To see the um, mountain gorillas. Wow. Oh, wow. And um, I fell in love, but it's the old joke. You know, it's the old story. He doesn't write. He doesn't call. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't send flowers. It's so sad. Um, And one little guy untied my shoe. That's how close you get. Wow, really? Yeah. That's fascinating. And, and, um, I mean, is it scary at all? Or is it just like you're kind of really just there in the moment, not really thinking about I didn't. I didn't find it scary. I think think it was more uh, breathtaking because you recognize how close we are. Yeah. I mean... Their hands, mm-hmm. their eyes, mm-hmm. the interaction mm-hmm. of the kids, of the family, and of when the when the silverback comes out. Oh man, yeah, he's the and one everybody you don't mess stands yeah. <laughs> stands a little straighter when yeah. that when that occurs. Um, but yeah, it's quite extraordinary that you can get as close as you can. I don't. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, but you know, because I have to assume it, it, uh, their proximity to humans just changes them. It's mm-hmm. not as wild as wild. But when you're when you're going out there, it's not like they know where to go. Mm-hmm. You have to track them, and they uh, they move all the time. So it's not as though you're uh, you don't feel like you're in a zoo. You really do. And when you're tracking them, um, it is very. Um, Amazing, because you can be tracking for a couple of hours, and mm-hmm. and the the guides in front have machetes to hack away at the forest, and mm-hmm. there's twigs, and you trip over the twig. I mean, it, you feel like you're in a movie. Yeah, yeah, a little it, Indian Jones-ish or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, of course. Yeah, how amazing! <laughs> That's so cool. And it's, I mean, you're very much into, um, I'm assuming, just. Um, like conservation and whatnot and so one of the things that you implemented was that special ocean ocean reserve cuvee so tell us a little bit about that and how that came about and so ocean reserve um is a blanc de blanc sparkling wine also vintage like all iron horse bubblies okay blanc de blanc 100 percent chardonnay and it is a partnership with national geographic which Mm -hmm. is just so amazing our first vintage was 2005 and we're now on uh, 2015. Wow, very cool. Yeah, $4 a bottle goes to National Geographic's Ocean Initiative. Love that. 
And that contribution every year amounts to about twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Wow! So over the years, it becomes really important, and we uh, pick the ocean because, as I mentioned, the ocean is so close to us, and it is the driver of our microclimate. Mm-hmm. To make bubbles, you need um, a cooler climes, and also our fog is mm-hmm. essential both for the bubbles and for our Pinot Noirs. Um, so the health of the ocean is essential to mm-hmm. us. Um, there are so many things to support, so many, but this is absolutely critical to, uh, to what we do. So it is a tremendous point of pride to be giving back for that. And the wine is pretty yummy, too. And imagine <laughs> you are saving the planet one sip at a time. It is really... Well, that's got to make you feel good. There you go. <laughs> Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier your third act of activism. Uh, what uh, what are some of the issues? I'm sure that is part of it. But um, what, what are some of the issues that you're passionate about? And what are some of the things you're working on now? Well, the thing that I am um, most passionate about is uh, expanding broadband, high-speed Internet into our rural communities. I just am absolutely dedicated. I've been working on this for 18 months. I am absolutely determined. I am not going to be talking about it again in 2021. We are going to get this done. It is so incredibly critical on so many levels. It causes an innovation divide. It causes a creativity divide. It is bad for our carbon footprint that we can't telecommute. Mm -hmm. It is a question of life or death in uh, emergency situations when communication is absolutely essential and for telemedicine. Um, You just, particularly when you get north of us, um, they don't have hospitals. You have to go hundreds of miles to get to a hospital. Um, And that is, and, um, and you also can't use the unbelievable, um, knowledge of specialists because you can't transmit your x-rays hmm. or the or whatever the, um, the, the imagery is. So that is just an absolutely um, essential for uh, all communities. Kids can't do their homework. Yeah, that's something that, I mean, living where we live, like, I mean, that's not really something that you'd think about. How, um, how did that come across your radar? Well, I'm on the um, State Food and Agriculture Board, um, appointed by the governor, and so that is basically how I first became aware of the problem. But then I can also just be at home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for us to uh, sell a bottle of wine from our tasting room using Square requires Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, everything these days requires it so you don't have you don't have to go far to experience the disadvantage Mm -hmm. and then uh, to realize that you know by comparison we're in great shapes but for agriculture uh, ag tech is just absolutely essential Mm -hmm. and we um, we're going to be left in the dust as communities and as a state and we're missing out on so much talent because um, people can't, con- they're not connected. Yeah. 
It's amazing that even in a community like this, I mean, you go a few miles down the road from, I mean, from, you know, from a downtown area to a rural area, and there, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. It's totally cut off in that in that sense. So yeah, it's it's everywhere. You know, and I think that if you're on vacation, you might find it quaint for a little bit. Uh huh. For a little bit. <laughs> People like to disconnect and unplug and then, you know. And then they want to know where the next gas station is. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Particularly when you're on Highway 1. <laughs> yeah. You really do want to know. It's yeah. important. Or if, mm-hmm. unfortunately, something happens, it's not a joke if you're out there yeah. isolated. Exactly. If you can't connect and you, if your car breaks down or if, I don't know, you're in a bad situation... You know, and I don't like to bring up sad topics, but when we have natural disasters, um, being able to communicate with your family is so essential, not just for personal safety, but also peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And so when are you hoping for this program to be implemented and completed by? Well, I was very lucky. I got to speak to a senior advisor in the governor's office today who assured me that this was on the top of the agenda for 2020 Fantastic. in the governor's office. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. But then they didn't invite me to come help, so I guess oh, they figure they got geez. it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, going a few years back, uh, you also wrote a book, uh, A Cultivated Life. That's a few yeah. decades oh, back. Oh, well, all right. More than a few years back. <laughs> but, uh, what... Uh, it, 1983, I think. Was that uh, a biography at that point? What were you writing about then? Um, it was. Uh, it is a book about what it's like to live on a vineyard and grow grapes and make wine and sell wine. So it was a diary of a vintage, and it went month to month to month, everything we were doing in the vineyard, everything we were doing in the winery, and everything I was doing on the road. And... Um, so, and it's just my experiences and my state of knowledge at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it's antiquated on some personal levels and also certain, certainly viticulturally. <laughs> it is very antiquated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it still has heart. Mm-hmm. Still a good read? Well, I don't, that, you'll have, you'll, you'll <laughs> tell me. You For sure. the judge. We'll do. <laughs> do you enjoy being a writer? I mean, would you, would you? do another book is that something it is the hardest thing for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is so hard to write I think it's really hard to write um I'm not sure I have the discipline to to write another book we'll see yeah so let's um so when you came in we were talking about the winter's cuvee and maybe about some music that would pair well with it um, some Christmas, I mean, we are kind of approaching the holidays, so Christmas, New Year's. Is this wine that you would serve at um, any of those like family celebrations? And if so, like, what kind of music would you have on? What would you be? Well, I think the perfect song for this wine, for Iron Horse Winter's Cuvee, is a duet of Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett oh, yeah. singing Ooh. Baby It's Cold Outside. That is a fun little pairing there. I yeah. love that. Okay. So that would be my first choice okay so i would go that way Uh uh-huh what do you think you tasted it i did um it was quite lovely um oh shoot what would i pair that with on the on the spot (laughs) oh man 
Um, you know, I don't really listen to a lot of holiday music, to be honest. Right. But, I mean, my favorite uh, holiday tune is Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. It's a little fun. It's a little more of like a party vibe. Right. You know? Right. Kind of dancey. So, right. I mean, I think, uh, I think... I think this would pair well with that, with some friends, you know, pouring it and drinking it and having a good time in the living room, snacking on some good cheese or French fries. I can also see it sitting in front of a fireplace. Oh, yeah. When you want to cozy up with some bubbles and listening to uh, classical music. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, Ode to Joy comes to mind. Oh, there you go. As, um, as we move through winter and get into, say, spring, what um, in terms of seasons, where, where do you, um, as far as wines, um, where do you go in that in that sense? What's the am, wine for spring? I am wall to wall bubbles. Yeah, I am all wall to wall. But and I do think a, ro- a, a sparkling rosé in oh, a yeah. spring garden is mm. pretty. Pretty fabulous. Did you want to try some Pinot? Yeah, let's try some Pinot, because I don't know if a lot of people know that Iron Horse also um, makes Pinot Noir. So tell us a little bit about your Pinots, and how many do you offer, and what's the the winemaking style? We make, um, we actually made Pinot Noir before we made sparkling wine. We made Chardonnay first, then Pinot, and then Bubbles. Mm. So it's kind of funny that people don't know us uh, really that way. We make six different Pinot Noirs. Wow. Four of them are uh, single vineyard block Pinots, which also correspond to individual clones. And the thing about Iron Horse Pinot Noir is our particular soil type in Green Valley is called uh, Gold Ridge Soil. And Gold Ridge Soil is a sandy clay loam, so the water drainage is absolutely perfect. Mm. But what makes it one of the most coveted soil types, especially for Pinot Noir, is that all of the mineral elements are inherently naturally balanced. Wow, very cool. And balances everything Mm -hmm. in wine. You want balance on the vine, you need balance in the wine itself, and it turns out you want balance in the soil. That, um, And the beauty of it is then you don't have to fiddle with the soil. Mm-hmm. I mean, Goldrich soil, add water and stir, and, <laughs> and that's our soil. But what it gives to the flavor of the wine is a extra depth of character, some earthier notes, and it always sort of makes me think of taking a stroll through the redwoods. Mm-hmm. Now, do all the wines come from the same region, same AVA? They, they all come. They're all, all Iron Horse wines are a state, so they're all right there around the winery. And Iron Horse is also our home. We have three generations living there. Wow, from amazing. just turned twenty-four to just turned ninety. Wow, how wow. cool. Yeah. So you're all living there. Yes. Um, wow, how fun. Yeah, yeah, we have this little Walton thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you guys have great holiday celebrations. We have everyday yeah. celebrations. Oh, very <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Although our favorite family holiday is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Yeah. Do you guys have open up a Magnum, I'm assuming, with that many people enjoying? Well, we now make a wine called Gratitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that is our uh, Thanksgiving wine. We started making it three years ago, and it first came out uh, in the fall of um, 17. Wow. And we mm. give, in this case, $5 a bottle to the Redwood Empire Food Bank. So the timing of it was, we had planned it to be a Thanksgiving wine, but mm. it turned out to be um, even more meaningful. Absolutely. Um, and so for us, it, it, the bottle really says it all. It's, it speaks to our community and uh, to the spirit of our community here. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to continue to make it every year. So it'll be an ongoing annual contribution wow. to the food bank. Love. Now, the, uh, the winemaker at Iron Horse, uh, David Monksgaard, am I saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about the wine, uh, winemaker at Iron Horse. He has been with us for 26 vintages. Wow. Yes. And one of the things that I love most about David is that he'll tell you that the best vintage is the next one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he shares with my family a desire to always be doing better. That consistency is really not of any interest at all, but how do we take it up every vintage one more notch, one more notch. And it takes place in the vineyard and it takes place in the winery. And the constant is, of course, the vineyard. And that's why we are a state. The foundation of our belief system is that the only thing that's proprietary to us are the grapes and everything else is methodology. And the methodology we can perfect. And of course, as we know, the farming practices get better and better and better. and um, we are um, doing better at um, what we call climate smart farming, which is so important so that we can, farmers are at the forefront of climate change and, oh, yeah. and we have the opportunity to help sequester carbon. And so that is just a huge uh, and very exciting uh, direction uh, to take. So we're engaged in that. Um, and uh, but also uh, coping with change. So one of the things we're doing is we're le- uh, adapting our pruning techniques, uh, which we're doing right now in the vineyard, to try to slow down the growing season. We're finding that it's happening earlier and faster. Mm-hmm. And we want to try and slow things down a little bit. So we're thinking that if we prune differently, then the bud break will be delayed a little bit, and then the whole process will even out. And we're also pruning in certain areas, but not in others. So that we're so that's precision farming, and we're just so what we're doing is adding more precision to our precision farming. But it's really it's really exciting. And what is amazing to me is that we just had our 43rd vintage, and so to find yourself after so many vintages saying, "Oh, let's do that. Let's try this," you know, and to have that kind of excitement. Um, so there's this legacy, but to me, the best part is the dynamic nature mm-hmm. of the place. And the whole family is on board with that. Love that. And you guys have, I mean, you're definitely, um, I mean, the. Um, I just see here, I'm looking on your website, that you guys also have the fairy tale cuvee where you partner with Disney. And it's just like, it's, oh, yeah, so it's the, fun. The house wine of the Magic Kingdom. That's so is cool. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's so rad. 
So, I mean, you know, just I feel like you guys are really great with clearly like making some really great connections, getting your names out there, you know, and just kind of being that that go to winery. Well, it would, I wish we could have a show of hands of everybody that's listening, you know, if you ever heard of Iron Horse before, but the, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but I am, uh, I am always delighted because, um, I feel that we are constantly given the chance to introduce our wines to people mm-hmm. and to new people, new friends, make new friends. And, um, you know, wine is special is especially special, if that's a way to say something, when you have a personal connection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I have a friend who made it his, uh, he's one of my favorite octogenarians, that he said he made it his personal uh, pledge to only drink wines by people he knows. Oh, wow. So he's gone out of his way to go meet winemakers, and the oh, way to cool. do that is to go to wine country and taste wine and then very often you meet the winemaker so it's not like it's hard Mm -hmm. to do but it makes it um it makes the experience that much more special absolutely and i'm sure like the wine tastes a lot better when you have that connection and well you also i think really care because when you taste the wine you're you're gauging how how your friends are doing Mm -hmm. and so when you taste the wine and it tastes really great then you say i'm so happy for them (laughs) they're doing fine absolutely and it brings up good memories hopefully of their visit and and their interactions together yeah exactly exactly so in terms of availability of the wine if there's people listening out of the area what's the best place to direct people if they want to find iron horse online uh, online that's the way to go it's definitely the way to go ironhorsevineyards.com for those that are looking and interested to buy. Perfect for the holidays. I Thank mean, you, yes. Better better get on that now. You guys have a Jerobomb online that you can buy, limited production, little gift sets. You guys, you guys got it covered. Thank you. Of Thank course. you. And then if you are in the area, uh, appointment only for the tasting room? Yes, please. You're going to be so much happier. Number one, you'll find us that way. We'll be able to tell you how to get there. But number two, it means that we'll be able to take care of you. Oh, yeah. And now one last question that we always ask our guests is, uh, our guests are, um, so your favorite pairing of music, wine, and food on a good day, right? So always it has to be on a good day. So you come home, you're feeling good, feeling great. What are you going to put on music-wise? What are you going to pop open? And what are you going to eat? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, huh. I am going to, well, I'm going to, if I just am coming home, this is not a meal. Is it a it meal? Whatever you want. Anything. All right. If it's, all right, let's make it a meal, and then I'll pick something for the Pinot Noir. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, nice and easy. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, if, if you're me, a steak if you're not me, <laughs> vegetables. Uh, vegetables and Pinot Noir are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And then for music, I would say um, Eric Clapton singing Layla. Ooh, that's a good tune for sure. Love it. That might be one of the best pairings we've gotten. Oh, yeah. Pinot, <laughs> Steak, and Layla by Clapton. Dig it. Super fun. He's so amazing. Yes, he is. I love Eric Clapton. Have you seen him live before? I have not. Me neither. I tried, but his tickets were way too expensive <laughs> for like nosebleed seats. I'm like, sorry. I mean, I love you, but no. Oh, well. Not, not doing it. Oh, well. 
but he's amazing. And he's he unfortunately has a uh, like something with his wrist or his hands where he's going to be unable to play soon. I think. I think he's doing one more tour and then he's retiring. Oh, I know. So. I did not know that. That is very sad news. Yeah. So if you get a chance, go check him out while you can. If he is touring, just like traveling. You know what? That's true. There, that is very true. There's been many concerts, not many actually. There's there's a small list, but of concerts that have come to be or come to pass where I'm like, oh, I'll catch it next time or and whatever the, it may be. And then there isn't a next and time. And then there isn't a next time. Exactly. So travel, go see the show, buy the ticket, all that good stuff. Be, <laughs> be there. Open the bottle of wine too, right? I have all these amazing bottles of wine at home. Dude, you don't need a special occasion. Just open it, drink it. Just make sure you're with people that enjoy it. There you go. Always yeah. find a reason to celebrate. It is ironhorsevineyards.com. Iron Horse, if you're in Sonoma County, if you're in Northern California, a must to check out. Uh, Joy Sterling, Iron Horse Vineyards, thank you so much for taking the time. It was great. Thank you. This was so great. Thank you so much.